Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome again. I'm glad you've uh, joined us. I want to encourage you to go to my website, www.barbarabyers.com, and uh, there you will find a tab that shows some notes for these videos, recaps that you might want to open up and follow along with, and also my blogs are on my website. So today we're going to be talking about the voice of the soul known as emotions. And I think there's been a lot of confusion about what emotions are, where they're supposed to be in terms of our Christian life. I hope to clarify some of that. So the voice of emotions is I'm moved by. The Latin word emovere means to stir, to move out or move through, to agitate. So to experience uh, emotions is to experience movement in our soul. This is an essential and beautiful living energy in our soul, much like a river. But the river needs good banks to flow in and the banks are our soul. We want to manage our emotions well and not be managed by them. God's designed us with emotions. It's part of our beautiful creation. And he wants us to use emotions so that they can be healthy and reflective of what's really going on around us so we can enjoy life fully. Emotions are very colorful. So the voice of emotions, I'm stirred by, I'm moved by, but we have two false alternatives. I'm unmoved by and I'm too moved by. So when we have the unmoved, stoic, repressed voice of emotions, um, our emotions are really weakened and we can become ill within because we're not expressing the emotions because we're not able to access them. We've made some decision to shut them down. And our emotions will find a means of expression. They'll come out in unhealthy ways. Sometimes our physical body gets sick or we might just get stuck in one emotion like anger or sadness. On the other hand, if we think we have to dramatically and passionately express every emotion we feel, we're also in a false voice. And we're gonna end up creating a lot of confusion and a lot of destruction for ourselves and others. So my aim is that we're brought back to the truth of how we're really created by the Lord to have and to express healthy emotions and uh, that this complements every other voice, every other part of our soul. The movement of emotions within us gives us a sense of really being alive and it contains lots of intuitive information. So it causes us to be moved. Emotions cause us to be moved. So we're moved toward joy or sorrow, anger, sadness, elation, surprise, and so on. Most researchers say uh, that there are eight primary emotions. There used to be four, sort of mad, glad, sad, and fear. But now they most agree that there are eight. Anger, anticipation, fear, joy, trust, surprise, sadness, and disgust. And each has a polar opposite. Other researchers are now adding um, guilt and shame, contempt, and awe as primary emotions. And then these emotions can be combined and blended, and then we have all sorts of, you know, a variety and range of emotions. And in fact, if you wonder about that and need help with your emotions, one of the great things to do 
emotions. You can Google it and find a list of hundreds of emotions and it might surprise you how many there are, but it would help you to name your own. We tend to see emotions as either negative or positive, but they aren't negative or positive. They're, everyone is appropriate if, if we express it validly. What they can be though is toxic. For instance, um, anger is a normal response to injustice or a normal response to a frustrated goal, but it can be disproportionately large. Um, and anger can motivate us to take appropriate action and seek justice, or it can turn into bitterness if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help us express it well. Fear arousal can help us to face danger and escape danger, uh, but it can also descend into anxiety if we don't know how to deal with fear. Grief also, grief is a cleansing emotion. It's a necessary emotion. It helps us shed tears and relieve stress, but if we don't deal with it, if we repress grief, it can turn into heaviness. Um, every emotion is to be a true expression in our soul. All right, so I mentioned toxic emotions. When we have persistent toxic emotions, they're like warning signs, like flashing red lights, something's amiss. And we, uh, we really need to stop and recognize those and ask the Lord who is so willing to help us. Often they are based in things that have been unresolved, maybe unresolved trauma, unresolved losses, uh, unresolved offenses, grief, abandonment, and so on. And th those emotions are trying to find a way out. They're trying to find relief, but they become toxic. And so we need to pay attention. The Holy Spirit's so faithful. If we say, Lord, what's amiss? What's crooked? He'll show us. We don't have to be, we don't have to default into some contaminated belief. Oh, well, you know, I feel this way, so there's surely something wrong with me. No, no, that's just condemnation and shame. We just come and say, something is wrong. Lord, shine your light. So emotions are responses. They're interior reactions to either an external stimuli or to an internal trigger, an internal memory, something like that, internal thought. We're responding to an event, to a memory, to something happening around us. And this is important to understand their responses, they are not sources. We sometimes think of emotions as originators, but they're not. So, so think of it this way. You have thermometers and you have thermostats. Emotions are like the thermometers. They are measuring the heat or the coldness of them, something. How hot is your anger, you know, or how, how cool is it? They're measuring something, the temperature and the gradient. But they're not the source of that. The source is the thermostat. The thermostat is what sets the system in place. And we can preset the system to say, if it reaches this temperature, bring it down, or this lower temperature, bring it up. We can activate the temperature when it reaches a certain point. Now, we shouldn't ignore the thermometer. It gives us good information. That's our emotions, but we notice it, we notice what it is, and we notice the strength of our response, but we let the thermostat determine the course of action we take, and the thermostat is our will. Remember I talked about that as the prime minister, the governor of our soul.
Just a simple example of that is, your child uh, has left a chore undone again. You're probably gonna have some feelings about that. You might feel really angry or disgusted or just slightly sad. Whatever you feel, that's, uh, that's an indicator of what's happening around you. What you choose to do though, is an indicator of character. So if I feel those emotions and use them to criticize my child or hit my child or do something destructive, I'm responsible for that. But if I use that emotion, if I notice it and say, all right, what's a good course of action? I need to have some healthy consequences for this child. I can set the appropriate consequences. All right, so that example um, is, is this, that our emotions really are indicators of our, not just emotional health, but our spiritual health. And I wanna just list, I don't know how many, 15 or 20 things here uh, that are good indicators of our emotional maturity, okay? We're able to feel, identify, and express our own emotions. Many adults can't name their emotions. We're able to move forward with decisions even when we feel fear. We're able to respond to stress and uh, change with resiliency rather than being rigid. We're able to feel anger and be assertive in the anger without being destructive. So we're productive and not destructive. We're able to be humble. We're able to say, you know, here's where I was wrong. We're able to give an, a verbal apology and we're able to clean up our mess. We live without undue shame and undue guilt, false guilt. We're aware of our own biases and we refrain from expressing every opinion, all right? I'm seeing a lot of emotional immaturity right now in the political realm. I wish more people would just refrain from expressing every opinion they have. We're able to deal with disappointment without dropping into prolonged depression. We're able to modulate our emotions if they get very heightened. We're able to, to bring them down and bring them in. We grieve well. We integrate our losses. We're able to move into acceptance. If we find ourselves in a prolonged state of an emotion, maybe like depression or grief that doesn't end or anger we can't control, we take responsibility and go and get help for that. We initiate action instead of blaming others and acting like the victim. We take responsibility for our own emotions. You didn't make me feel that way. I feel that way. And we set healthy boundaries with others. We can be deliberately vulnerable where it's appropriate with others and ask for and receive their support. We know how to show empathy and care for others but in showing empathy for others, we don't get our emotions confused with theirs. We don't get lost in their emotions. We can receive feedback without undue reactivity. Many adults can't receive feedback and it really trips them up. Um, we recognize where we are privileged and use our privilege and giftedness well. We don't use it uh, to power over others, we use it to serve others and we work to develop good communication skills to honor ourselves and others. So that's, um, that's a quick list, but you know, when it, it's good to look at that and say, 
are these evident within me? Lord, what do you want to highlight to me? So let me talk for a minute about emotions and thoughts because they operate in tandem. You cannot have an emotion without a thought, right? Uh, thoughts provoke and feed our emotions. They are inseparably linked. And distorted thinking, which by the way originates from deeper core beliefs that are stored in us, distorted thinking from deeper core beliefs and from painful memories are gonna yield distorted emotions because our thoughts are feeding our emotions. Thoughts, judgments, perceptions, experiences all inform our emotions. That's why I said a while ago, emotions aren't the originators, they're not the source. And many of these can just result from wrong beliefs and wrong judgments about life or they're magnified from our past history of pain. So emotional responses then, along with the thoughts, are indicators of what we really do believe at a deeper level. And um, if we're really immature, we're just gonna give in to our emotions. We're just gonna feel like, well, you know, I feel depressed, so I am depressed, or I feel angry, so I just am angry. And uh, because they, those emotions condition us over a long period of time, and then we just stay untrained and very subjective. But God has placed within us what we need to mature. We've been talking these weeks about transformation and he wants to transform our emotions. They serve a purpose, a wonderful purpose. They stir and move us and bring color to our life, but they're part of the whole harmony of our soul, submitted to our will, which is submitted to him. And while emotions are essential, they are not the true center we live from. Christ is the true center. So if we live out of mere feelings, We'll find ourselves unstable and many times unable to really cope when suffering and temptation come along. Uh, and if our emotions are out of control, you know, every emotion starts demanding to be satisfied and demanding to be justified and, and they'll just end up controlling us. When the emotions are in the prime place in our soul, that's chaotic. That's idolatry when emotions are in the prime place, they're in preeminence. And we need to recognize and learn to stop bowing to dark emotions. Dallas Willard in Renovation of the Heart said, feelings are good servants, but they are disastrous masters. Um, and just an, as an aside, we also need to recognize the place of emotions with addictions. Something in us, some pain, anxiety, or deadness in us makes us want to flee that. And, and so we flee it by seeking something to distract us because it's always about, I want to feel different. I feel whatever I feel, but it's painful. And I want to feel different. So I seek a substance uh, to make me feel different or I seek a process so that I can feel different. And it gives us a different reality. You know, we feel this high and we're distracted from our pain, um, but it demands more and more and more. The addiction is a fire that just demands more. And so we end up in a powerful grip because addiction is a feeling phenomenon. I'll talk about uh, addiction more at a, in a later video. All right, what about the place of the church with feelings? Well, sometimes the church 
has overemphasized feelings and sometimes the church has underemphasized feelings. So um, in the overemphasis of feelings, the church can um, give a message that puts emotions or sensations in such preeminence. It's like it's you have to feel the presence of the Lord for him to be here. Well, no, we don't. We enter in by faith. And it's wonderful to feel his presence. Sometimes our physical body will feel it, goosebumps or, you know, or a, a warming within, something like that. And sometimes our emotions will feel it. We'll feel uh, sudden tears or the sudden peace of the Lord comes over us in an emotional way. And he often does meet us in these ways and engage us in these ways, but we're not to demand it. And we're not to live by emotional highs. We live by depth. We live by the depth of the spirit within us. We live by faith. So it's really dangerous to demand emotional experiences and really to, to go after them and to look for them. To do that can invite demonic participation and deception and confusion. So if we rely too much on emotions um, to believe that we're loved by God, we're gonna end up really in a shallow place in terms of our spiritual life. We can learn to believe the Lord loves us no matter the condition, no matter the emotion, no matter what's going on. Uh, we live by faith, we walk by faith, we step in to our belovedness in the Lord and his faithful love for us because it's true, despite what we might feel. And then we learn something more than mere emotion is happening here, something much more. I am being deepened by the Lord. His Holy Spirit really is moving within me and transforming me. So the church can overemphasize, Christians can overemphasize, but the church can also underemphasize the place of emotions. I've heard it said, oh, just live by faith. As if, you know, and the emotions are the caboose on the train and, and things like that. Like there's a hierarchy. And then uh, we're taught to ignore emotions, but God created us with this beautiful capacity and we're to live in our full humanity. We need to engage all our senses and be fully alive. And there's no spiritual bypass when it comes to this we need to engage our emotions. We need a lot of objectivity though. Emotions can be very subjective. I like what uh, Wendy Backland wrote in her book. Emotions don't validate truth. They validate what we believe. We think they validate truth, but what they're validating is what we really believe. Our emotions are always affected by what we perceive as reality, she wrote. So we live out of our emotions more than we know. And if we don't learn to distinguish between our feelings and our will, we're gonna mistake our feelings for reason. And that kind of mistake is gonna really keep us trapped and immature. So our decisions need to be based on truth. While we have feelings, they're not to dominate, truth is. Uh, so emotions need a voice of what's real and what's true. Sometimes we just need to learn to examine our emotions and detach from them. Oh, that's not based in truth. I don't need to, to go there. 
And what I mean by that is we don't give them place. We just don't give them place. We choose to embrace the truth no matter how loudly our emotions may be calling in a different direction. So we become more objective. So how did our emotional life get shaped? Well, very early on, it starts very early on because our parents are the early models of how to express emotions and whether our emotions can be expressed, whether they're welcomed or whether they're dismissed. Some people still feel guilty if they cry as adults or if they have too much emotions. And that's because as children, they were shut down. Their emotions weren't invited, welcomed, and um, given a place, given the proper place. They were shamed. Um, so they learned to be emotionally repressed or, or at least they learned to be suspicious of their own emotions and can't determine, you know, is this healthy or not? If the parent, one or both, was emotionally chaotic, emotionally very dramatic, histrionic even, the child learns that their emotions don't have a place. Only the parent's emotions have a place. And they also learn, wow, emotions can't be controlled. We can't live in peace. Um, there's no real possibility there to have deep peace. Uh, some of us has, have experienced so much anger and reactivity and instability that we just always feel like emotions are out of bounds. Our emotions as children and then as adults live within our experiences and our memories and all the images we have um, stored within us. And so these emotions seem to hold the truth for us, but really they're holding the past pain. Our emotional uh, development also tells us whether we can have healthy boundaries with others, if we, if we even know what boundaries are. And when we can't differentiate sorry, our emotions from those of others, or when we've taught to be too responsible for others, we'll just end up stabilizing all the time for the sake of others. And we're circumventing our own emotions. We don't even know what we're really experiencing. So one of the task in front of us is we're going to have to learn to feel and deal with our own emotions. Uh, and, and this is a task. It's going to take some effort on our part. We're going to have to learn how to distinguish our emotions from those of others. Okay? It takes, takes some time, it takes some patience, and it takes some wisdom to do this. Um, in some really toxic families, we have been taught that our emotions would always be dominated by someone else. And that leaves us so underdeveloped in our emotional life. And again, we, we don't trust our own emotions to reflect reality. So at the end, I'm gonna pray a healing prayer and we may need prayer to be released from the toxic emotions uh, that we absorbed or inherited from our parents. You know, when we need to learn to name our emotions, we can sit with the Lord and say, enter this with me. What, what am I feeling? Help me to name this. And um, that will bring us along on the road to learning to name and expressing healthy emotion, emotions. Sometimes we just need to get a good book, or we need a list of emotions, or we need a good counselor or a life coach that help us shape our emotional responses and even know what healthy and normal is because we didn't receive it as children. 
And if we'll apply ourselves to grow in this way, we'll find that we will grow. The Holy Spirit will come right alongside all of that uh, and replenish our soul. Very often, our emotions want to tell us we, you know, we have no other choice than to respond this way. But that's simply not true. The Lord is always inviting us to enter in with Him, and He will show us a different way. So let me circle back to repression for a minute. I just mentioned it briefly earlier. Uh, sometimes we have repressed feelings because they were just so painful at the time something happened. But those repressed feelings that never got processed, where we've never um, grieved them appropriately, do affect us. They get buried, but they are going to come out in some way. And we don't always even know, my goodness, I don't even know what the original injury is. I don't even know why I'm acting this way. But God will always be faithful to raise the issue and to raise the memory and to help us. And often we need someone else to pray with us over these kind of things. But choosing to feel the pain is critical. Choosing to go there with the Lord. I'm going to let it come up. I'm going to see what this is. I feel afraid, but I'm going to trust Him anyway. I so want healing. If we push that emotion away in some kind of coping or self-defense, it only strengthens it and it only goes down deeper. And then our soul often becomes silent with this excessive grief or eruptive with excessive anger. We have to be willing to feel so that the Lord can bring those things up. Also, if we just stay apathetic, we'll starve our emotion. It's like, it's like emotional anorexia. Um, sometimes we've just decided, oh, it's just too costly to care. I just, you know, never mind. But not allowing God to bring up those God-given emotions really is sinful. And it brings us to disease not only within ourselves but within relationship with others. So much emotion transfers uh, in relationships. You know, just think about how contagious laughter is or even depression. So God created us to be appropriate uh, with our emotions, with our passions, and expressive and not shut down. We can also deny our emotions. Oh, you know, I'm not upset, but, but we are upset. And denying them, trying to convince ourselves of another reality will, will, will never be very helpful. And we need to give ourselves the same permission God has given us in creation, and that is to know and to feel what we feel not denying our emotion, but recognizing them, interrupting them where we need to, and replacing anything destructive with what is truthful or, or channeling them in ways that transform the effect of those emotions. When we're unable to feel, our emotions build and build, and those repressed emotions become dysfunctional in some way. And we can't we can't choose to have some emotions and not have others. Emotions are like on a circuit. So I can't just wish I have joy all the time, but not also, but not, not feel sorrow as well. It's part, it's part of the whole of who we are and we're created for all of it. So in our spiritual formation, emotions are gonna to have to be renovated and new ones encouraged, installed, learned, connected, heightened, um, for instance, if I've been taught that anger is sinful or good girls don't feel angry, 
um, or something like Big Boys Don't Cry, I'm going to have to learn how to cry or express my anger well and how to be appropriate in. If I've used my anger in passive ways or very aggressive ways, I'm going to have to be learn, learn to be appropriately assertive in all of that. So in adulthood, we learn we cannot discern our, disown our own heart and be healthy. We invite the Lord into those emotions and he will restore and he will heal just as he promised. So in all of this, Jesus is our model, his humanity. He was the God-man, fully human, fully human. He understands our emotions. Um, his humanity should give us so much hope because he was not disconnected from his emotions. He knows what we're made of. Scripture says he was tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin. And he always makes the crooked way straight. We can explore his humanity. We can take his humanity into us. He expressed his emotions so well. He wasn't defensive, but he was full and rich in all his emotional expressions. If you look at the scriptures, you read through the, I've just read through the four gospels again recently. He, uh, he was angry. He grieved, he was disgusted, he was full of joy, he had surprise, he had expectation, uh, he had tenderness, he felt abandonment, he felt amazement. All of these are expressed by him. And he took on our human condition, lived fully in his heart, and we can allow his humanity into our being. He was um, in every way like us, yet without sin. We can say, Lord, let your emotions enter me. Set me in order. So when we talk about having our uh, emotions renovated, we think about that call that we are to die to self. Well, how do we die to self in the emotions? Do we just kill our emotions? Well, obviously not. That would invalidate everything I've just been talking about, that we're created with emotions. But dying to the false self doesn't mean we kill our emotions, but we bring them to death by bringing them into their proper place, by choosing to not let them dominate, but to let them inform us and, and bring us lots of color and intu intuition. Emotional maturity is taking responsibility for and managing our emotions. So we have variety and we have expression and we let the Holy Spirit move in and through them. By the Spirit's help, we really can educate and train our own emotions. We can learn to name them, acknowledge them, and then move forward in appropriate ways. We realize what we're feeling, check, but we don't stay in those feelings. You know, I'm feeling a little depressed today. Okay, I acknowledge it, I recognize it, but then I make other choices not to stay there. I make a choice to step into the truth and live there no matter what I feel, no matter if that feeling doesn't dissipate right away. It will eventually. But this really takes the enabling grace of the Holy Spirit. It takes time and patience and wisdom, as I said before. We cultivate new ways. We cultivate the new ways. It's just so easy to hope Lord, just touch me and, you know, take away all that's uh, toxic or negative or out of control. But very often, 
the Lord says, well, here's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to teach you how to walk in the new way. And then I want you to continue in it and cultivate it because I'm interested in your character. I'm interested in you looking like Jesus. And our whole foundation for this is that we are accepted in the beloved. And because we're accepted already, we're beloved already, we can begin to set these emotions in order. And as we begin to see our emotional health increase, we begin to see, oh, the Holy Spirit really is enabling me to feel and think differently. So I'll just give, let me just give a brief example of this. Um, I had a lot of depression and a, and a lot of anxiety, and there was a lot of it in my uh, family, generationally. And uh, I wasn't emotionally healthy, and I wasn't emotionally healthy as an adult because my underlying belief system wasn't health, healthy and thoughts feed, thoughts and beliefs feed the emotions. So the Lord began to bring healing to me on so many levels and I was really pursuing healing. I was going to counseling, I was getting healing prayer and I began to take responsibility for my emotional well-being. Rather than feeling like I'm unhappy because I'm your victim, I began to say, happiness is my choice what's going on within me and so when the depression would come i began to refuse to partner with depression i recognized it it was a very familiar enemy and uh but every time the depression came and surrounded me i would choose the truth i had uh scripture cards that I put on my mirror, you know, so that the first thing in the morning when I looked in the mirror and the negative self-degrading thoughts came, I said, no, this, this is the truth. This is what I'm going to believe. And by choosing the truth, by getting the healing, by pursuing counseling, by inviting the Holy Spirit again and again and again, the tide began to turn. And I learned to not give undue attention to the depression but instead by faith to choose joy and choose peace. We can actually choose that. And walking in the truth has really enabled me to continue in the victory even when that old thing comes knocking on the door again. I love the scripture when emotions threaten to overwhelm me. It's uh, from 2 Corinthians 10:5 in the message. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. It's like I take all of that loose stuff and I say, these emotions are out of bounds, but I'm bringing them under and into this life shaped by Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, whatever's erratic, whatever threatens to dominate, whatever wants to control, I begin to meditate in the truth. I invite the Holy Spirit in and I want to be led over Him. And, and what I found is over time, over a long period of time, that's been reshaping my emotions. So where they're toxic, where they're laden with lies and imaginations, vain imaginations, I can reset my mind in Christ and cultivate what's good and true. And healthy emotions spring from a renewed mind because the thoughts feed the emotions. We're structuring our deep beliefs around His love, around His faithfulness, around His goodness. And it's our responsibility to do that. It's our responsibility actually where we set our minds. So our emotions aren't the center of our being. They're not the center, but they are important in the structure of our soul. And they're intended to operate in harmony with our thoughts and our will. So as we live in Christ and He deepens us, 
we find that our true selves come alive and our emotions are ordered. So I'd like to take the last few minutes and now pray for you. Maybe as I've been talking, you've recognized areas where, oh my goodness, yeah, I've let my emotions dominate. Or, oh, I think I'm immature there. Or, um, I've blamed others for what I feel. So just, just uh, put your notes down if you're taking notes. Find a quiet place and maybe close your eyes and let this wash over you as I pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence now. Mm. You're able to move over every person listening and heal their hearts in particular ways that only you and they know about, and I thank you for that. First, I just want to invite you to hand God the key to unlock your emotional life. Just hand him the key. See yourself doing that. And if you realize your emotions have been rather repressed and shut down, pray this. Lord, I see my emotions are repressed, and now I repent. I repent where I have closed my own heart down in self-protection, in fear, and I've created my own safety plan to manage the pain rather than trusting you. I repent of that, and I repent of any vow I have made to not feel in order to be safer. Mm, just release that to the Lord. He forgives. Lord, forgive me for denying my emotions, for repressing my emotions out of fear, for not being willing to live fully alive. Forgive me where I haven't um, taken responsibility to manage my own emotions and I've blamed others for my emotions. Lord, where I have shut down, please reactivate this beautiful part of my soul and call it into full being. Give it a full voice. Today I say to you, I choose to feel, believing I won't be overwhelmed, that you'll help me with this, and you will accompany me on this journey of discovery. Now, some of you have recognized that your emotions tend to be overwhelming. Uh, you don't control them well. They tend to swing out of bounds. So pray this prayer. Lord, forgive me for living out of the idolatry of my emotions, for allowing my emotions to dominate. Lord, I've hurt myself and I've hurt others as I've done this. I've even believed I couldn't control my emotions and I repent of that lie. Your word says that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, so it is possible and I believe your word. I ask you to come now and quiet these two loud, two dominant emotional voices. Thank you that your cross bears my pain and my sin and my disorder of soul. Lord, where my parents and significant other people didn't help me name my emotions and feel my emotions and manage my emotions, I forgive them now. I release them now to you. I'm an adult now and I take responsibility. I forgive them 
any place their emotions dominated and ruled and didn't give me place to grow and be nurtured and come alive in my emotions. Release me now, Lord, from the diseased parts of my parents that I inherited or absorbed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing this right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, come and heal my emotional being. Come and paint all the true colors. Lord, where, where I've been skewed, where I haven't reflected the truth, come and set my emotions aright. Order them, Lord. Heal my whole being. I want the voice of my emotion to be clear, to be strong, but to be based in objective reality and truth and to bless others. I thank you that you want to be Lord of my emotions. Thank you. Set in balance all the voices of my soul and order my emotions together with my thoughts, my imagination, my will, my conscience, my desires, my intuition. Let every Thing within me, give voice to the song of your will. Lord Jesus, thank you for the fullness of your emotions as you walked on the earth. Would you fill me now and would you let your emotions enter and fill me? Yes, Lord, help me develop the fruit of the Spirit in my emotional being. Hearing your voice louder than any immature voice that I hear. For the things I have confessed today, for the things I have repented of, I now receive fully your forgiveness. I take in your forgiveness. I thank you. And I receive hope in this area where I have felt hopeless. I knew things were amiss, but I felt hopeless. And now grant me um, that hope that I might learn step by step how to walk anew, how to choose well as I give attention to this area and ask for your help. Thank you, Lord. You want me to prosper and you want me to be in emotionally good health. So renovate my heart as I trust you. In Ezekiel, you said, I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. So Lord, where it's been desolate, plant good things in the emotions. And as you bring emotions in order, cause everything within to have breath and come fully alive. Thank you, we receive this from you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. thank you for joining me in this. Again, you can go to my website, www.barbarabyers.com, to receive a download of um, the summary notes from this session. Mm -hmm.